Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Supplement sales jumped during the pandemic, but foot traffic across all retail sectors dropped, including GNC and the vitamin shop. Will physical stores disappear, or are these retailers on the road to recovery? To find out, I'm joined by Ethan Chernofsky, the Vice President of Marketing at Placer.ai. That's a foot traffic analytics firm. Welcome to the NutriCast, Ethan. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you on. So before we get into all your findings, can you tell me a little bit more about Placer AI? Sure. So we are a location analytics and foot traffic data platform. And what that means is if you think people vote with their feet, we're showing you how they're voting every day across the United States in retail. We are a a location data platform. We see a panel of over 30 million devices. Very critically, it's all anonymized aggregate data. So we are GDPR and CCPA compliant, uh, privacy by design. And then we leverage that panel to run machine learning and AI algorithms to make estimations on visits to any retail location anywhere in the U.S., Okay, so you use AI, specifically machine learning. For those who don't know, what exactly does that mean? So the challenge of sorting through very large, very complex data sets is is really significant. But ultimately, it's a very large series of queries and questions that you would ask, and then putting those all together. So it's a long string of if this, then that. So if a person visited from uh, area X and then also visited store Y, you can make a certain assumption. Now that already is kind of a mouthful, but you layer in thousands and thousands of those assumptions and those kind of uh, data-driven learnings. And that's essentially what you're doing. It sounds fairly simple. It's incredibly complicated. And it's, it's something that's driving most big data companies in the world. Okay. So tell me about this report that looks specifically at the foot traffic in GNC and the vitamin shop. So yeah, we were really fascinated by this sector because there's this, when you look at retail, I think you can almost split it into three groups. There were essential retailers that were well aligned with key trends and they did incredibly well. There were non-essential retailers that were not well aligned with key trends. So like If I sell suits or tuxedos, this wasn't a great time for me. And then there were non-essential retailers that were well aligned. And I would put those supplement players within that category in that health and wellness became a really big focus. Mm -hmm. We started caring a lot about what we were putting into our body, how we prevent getting sick, a real emphasis on those elements. And at the same time, they weren't benefiting from the wide open retail environment that would normally bring them tremendous value. So the real question for us was, is this a segment that's bouncing back fueled by those same positive trends? And so what were some of your key findings? When we look at it on a whole, it was a very positive trajectory. So when you look at the vitamin shop specifically in April, 2021, visits were down just 5% compared to April, 2019, when, you know, the world was normal, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and down just 8% in May. So that's a really positive trajectory when you consider that April, they had been down 70%. uh, And just as recently as February had been down over 20%. 
GNC was a little bit further back, but also seeing a similar pattern of growth. So where visits had been down 34% for GNC in February, by April, they were down just 22% and May just 23%. So things are moving in a very positive direction. The question is, can the pace continue to pick up as we head into a really critical summer season for retail? Mm -hmm. Are you able to see, you know, if people are maybe still doing all the shopping, but online? So we only see what's happening in, in offline retail. Okay. That doesn't mean that these brands aren't doing incredibly well in their online presence. But we have to remember that while obviously things were different in the midst of the pandemic, as we've returned, e-commerce growth has gone back to where it was, which is e-commerce is a very significant, important piece of the puzzle, but it is still ultimately a fairly small piece of the puzzle when you look at overall sales. And so the value that these brands are going to receive as retail continues to open up is really significant. And even more than that, I think one of the things that a lot of retail players have recognized is that the location serves many more functions than just a place to go buy something. So for example, take the vitamin shop. You walk in and you're kind of talking to someone who works there and getting a sense of what your right purchase should be. The fact that you then make several purchases online still depends on that initial positive interaction. The, the marketing value of just walking by a location, of having a positive interaction inside is really significant, let alone the distribution value it brings. So a place where I can return product, it's much cheaper to return in store than it is online, not even considering the fact that I'm more likely to buy something else if I return something in a physical location as opposed to online. And I'm glad you brought that up because the vitamin shop and GNC are both so different. I mean, they get thrown in the same basket a lot and they get compared a lot, but they're very different. What were some of the biggest differences that you noticed between those, those two retailers? I think we noticed that, I mean, I think clearly at a top level, the faster recovery for vitamin shop um, as opposed to GNC, though I do think part of that is how GNC has always distributed its location. So being more mall-based traditionally is something that's going to hurt you when indoor malls have seen a, a more ex intense impact, especially in key states like New York and California. You're also going to look at the distribution of locations in terms of where they were nationwide, and that's going to be something that's going to show real differences. But I think while obviously every brand is different, they operate in a similar category that's being given a boost by the fact that we have recognized maybe, and I don't think this was necessarily untrue pre-pandemic, but it was certainly reinforced intensely that we need to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. if, if we are focusing on our own health and wellness, you know, even our ability to cope with something like the pandemic is improved. So this is a really important driving force that should give long-term tailwinds to brands like these. Yeah. So what trends do you think will define the post-COVID new normal? So I think what's been really interesting when you look at the new normal is that it's not really new. <laughs> right. So brands, you know, brands that were doing well pre-pandemic are doing well post-pandemic. Uh, a lot of the changes that we saw happening pre-pandemic are just continuing, maybe at a faster pace, but they were already happening before. Um, I think there's also a really important element of shopping behaviors. We've seen shopping behaviors go back to normal, you know, so we were used to spending a certain amount of time at a store during COVID. We shifted to a mission driven shopping 
element where we would spend more time in fewer locations leading to larger basket sizes, but we're back to shopping at multiple locations. And I think that's another element that's going to benefit the GNCs and vitamin shops of the world, because if I was going to go to a Walmart and then to a GNC, and because GNC had the product I love, but Walmart had something that was similar, but it was good enough, I was just going to Walmart during the pandemic. But now I'll make that other stop to go somewhere I like, and you know, the same for a, a CBS or other players. This return to the patterns that we saw pre-pandemic is really important, especially for more focused retailers like GNC and Vitamin Shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to see, you know, in store add-ons like smart carts and these AI-powered store mappings, um, they're starting to gain traction in some stores. And I'm wondering, do you think that's something that retailers need to do to get people back into their stores? I think that there are really interesting technologies that are being tested out in a lot of places to improve the experience. I interestingly believe that some of the more uh, visually exciting stories are actually the least impactful. And it's more elements and, and technological innovation on the supply chain side, the data side, the store operations front that are actually going to improve the experience for the brands and then ultimately for the customers themselves. So what do you personally think that retailers should do just to get people back in their stores? I think what was really fascinating for us was when we look at the brands that have recovered the fastest, they have been very true to themselves. They really understand what they provide to their audience, and they're not trying to be something else. In many cases, they're evolving, but they're evolving from a foundation of strength. So take an example of a related field like fitness. We were told throughout the pandemic that people aren't going to go back to gyms. They've gotten so, they've fallen in love with their Peloton and the weights they bought at Dick's Sporting Goods, and that's it. We, we don't need the gym anymore. And we forgot that, you know, I think basements throughout the known world are littered with uh, treadmills and bikes that are covered with clothes and dust. And yep. <laughs> people have shown that they want to go back to gyms. Planet Fitness is back to growth in recent months when you compare it to 2019. And it's because they have a very clear value to bring to their audience. They're everywhere, they're cheap, it's value. And it's something that we wanted to get out of the house and go back to the gym. Uh, Soul Cycles, CrossFit locations, people are coming back to these areas because there's a real pull, there's a real value to be provided. So I think any retailer, whether it's GNC or Target or you know uh, Dunkin' Donuts, it's about do you understand what makes you special in the eyes of your audience and know how to provide that? So for GNC, it might be, we have expertise that when you walk in the door, we're going to help you walk out with the, you know, the supplements and the vitamins that you need, and we're going to guide you through that process. Or it could be, hey, we have things for a really good value, or it could be, we have the latest and greatest products in the market. Whatever it is that enables you to develop that relationship with your customer and what was helping you develop that relationship pre-pandemic, it almost is doubly important now as we return, because when we fall back in love with those experiences, we're very likely to continue to visit those retailers. When you're looking at places like GNC and the vitamin shop, I mean, how do they compare to other retailers like, you know, Walmart or CVS? Are you seeing similar trends? So similar trajectories, not the same level of recovery. So whereas Walmart is at or about 2019 levels, CVS has had months of growth. 
but obviously that was also buoyed by their ability to provide vaccines. Mm-hmm. There are some brands that are just going to take a little bit longer to come back because they don't have that same, I have to come into a location. And so, whereas a Target or a Walmart, they're already back into periods of growth, it's going to take, and it makes sense, the vitamin shop, GNC, others, a little bit longer to get back there, but they're clearly on that path. Are you seeing more similarities or more differences between, you know, GNCs and and vitamin shops compared to other retailers? I mean, more similarities. I think we've seen that depending on where you have the, you know, the large number of locations. So if you were heavily oriented towards California and New York, you recovered more slowly than a brand that was heavily oriented towards Texas and Florida. I mean, that is a cross the board. Mm -hmm. If you were more mall based than, uh, you know, strip center based, that was going to slow down the rate of your recovery just because of the types of restrictions that were in place in many major cities around the country. So there are a lot of things that were common across the board. What I do think we can expect to see from this sector as in others is a push towards diversification. So if I'm a brand that's been heavily mall-based, let's say I have 200 stores around the country and 180 of them are in malls. I'm going to look to diversify a little bit more, not because I don't love the mall experience, but because I want to make sure I have my eggs spread out over multiple baskets as this is likely to continue for some time. And it's an opportunity to test out different formats for different markets. And so when you just look at, you know, the overall foot traffic and and all these trends and things that are going on, I mean, do you anticipate a full recovery? It's going to depend by brand, by region, and by perhaps the most important factor, the reality that we have no idea what's coming next. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, I think if any, if the last year has taught us anything, it's that we have no idea what's coming and we can be planned and we need to be planned and we need to have, you know, a strategy and a focus, but we also need to understand that there are things we can't predict. So I think there are some brands that are going to do incredibly well, no matter the circumstance. I think there are some brands that might do surprisingly well should COVID continue to have an impact on elements like international travel. So while, you know, the, you know, maybe we wanted to fly to Paris this year, but we're not going to. So maybe we're taking a trip to New York or to Florida or to Arizona instead. There are beneficiaries to many of the challenges that could be coming in the longer term. Yeah, there's so many factors to, to factor in. I mean, you know, one thing that a lot of us in the industry are talking about is trade shows. They're making a comeback. <laughs> The, the big one that I think we're all excited about is Supply Side West coming up in the fall in Las Vegas. What do you know about foot traffic? Do you have any insights on trade shows at this point? I don't think there have been enough of them, especially the major ones, to have any real insight. I know that we are equally excited about the potential to return and see people in person and equally aware that we don't know what that's going to look like quite yet. So, right. So, you know, I, I, there's no definitive answer, I think, you know, you're just recognizing and the kind of the resurgence of this Delta variant has just shown that we might not have real global normalcy for quite a while. So what we do know is that we really don't know anything at this point. <laughs> you know what? I think we, there, there, you know what, there are things that we do know that that's fair. And it's, it's almost too extreme of an opinion to be like, everything's up in the air. 
we have learned some really important things from how retail has recovered. Firstly, we've, we've realized that consumer demand is incredibly resilient and that the narrative of the retail apocalypse, everything going online was utter nonsense. People like shopping. They like going to a location. They like the experience. They like being engaged with. And that's a really important takeaway for brands as they're trying to understand how do we evolve and improve and move our way forward in the longer term. We've learned how important omni-channel is. And omni-channel doesn't mean, hey, I have an e-commerce website and I have a location. It means, are those experiences integrated? Do I have the ability to go into a location, get six of the seven things I want, and then make sure that the seventh thing is sent to my house? Do I have the ability to go online, buy two things that I want delivered in two weeks, but then do a buy online, pick up in store for the item I need today? Are these experiences integrated? That's something that we've learned and it's really important. The importance of diversification, of understanding where do I want to be situated and why, and the push this has given so many brands to think differently about their physical locations and where those physical locations are set up. Those are real things that are going to have very long-term and in our opinion, very positive implications. Before I let you go, is there any new updates or research or, or things that you can tell me about that that's going on at Placer AI? So we put in new research every single week. We have, you know, three to four pieces that go out on our blog. We have white papers that go out uh, regularly. A new one just launched it on our site at Placer.ai about uh, big box retail, which is, you know, I don't know if big box is even the right language, you know, superstores, so the targets, Walmarts, even wholesale giants like Costco. So we have quite a bit to say quite often. I think what's been really interesting has been a topic we talked about a little bit now recently is this idea of owned retail. So if you think about someone like Warby Parker going public and talking about the importance of their physical stores and their you know, potential to expand even more, it's really interesting because you're talking about a digitally native brand selling eyeglasses mm-hmm. that recognizes the power of the physical location. And the physical location is more than just a place to sell their own products. It's more than just the experience they can give. It's also a platform for longer term growth and the ability to say, here are my products, but then eventually I can help other brands enter the market through my platform, through my reach. And I think as more brands embrace the potential of these physical stores, you're going to see, again, you know, if there's any buzzword we've said a lot, it's, it's diversified or diversity, a more diversified retail mix that creates a really powerful win-win-win in that more difference in different shopping centers creates more excitement in each center. So the center owners, the mall owners benefit. The retailers benefit from operating in situations that are less copy and paste because it's a more exciting, diverse environment where they can find more optionality. And then the customer benefits because the different types of experiences we can get in different places is complementary, And it's not I drive 20 minutes in one direction or 20 minutes in the other, and I just get the exact same experience. Ethan, you have given us all so much to think about, and especially brands who perhaps are listening, you know, maybe some of the information and your insights that you provided today can help inform some of their business strategies moving forward. Ethan Chernofsky, VP of Marketing at Placer.ai. Thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, Do you want to do one where I'm just like, this sucked, I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs>
If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.